Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. by the Saints for a touchdown! It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Inside Black and Gold, we are Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak coming to you with more great Saints podcast goodness for your soul <laughs> this Mardi Gras season. That's, a, that's one name for it. Yeah. <laughs> How has your Mardi Gras season been going, Mr. Jeff? It's been going good. It's it, it's that annual time of year where my like shoulders are sore and I can't quite figure out why. And then I'm like, oh, it's because holding my arms over my head for like 90 minutes straight is not like a normal activity that I do. So I wake up in the morning and it feels like I went and worked out. But really, I just got drunk and, and yelled at people on floats and then caught trash. Fought with, be- fought with a lot of people to catch trash. Did you really? You like boxing out and everything? Future trash. That's what I call it. The Paretos. <laughs> no, no. I I only go for the good stuff, right? Like I'm not I'm not like boxing people out to get like a bag of beads. But if I see like some nice beads, like flickering, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna rip those away from a child. I would do that. <laughs> I'm stronger than them. Yeah. Any kind of like light up swords. That's mine. Yeah. See, I don't like that. Like that's the, that's like primarily what I refer to as future trash. Right. That people get so excited of for in the moment because it's like you're going to enjoy that for two minutes and then you're going to realize, well, I can't catch stuff while I'm holding it. And then you're going to throw it on the ground like that's what's going to happen. Or you're going to hand it to a child and he's going to do that. 
he or her is going to do that for you. But that's yeah. But like, you know, every now and then there's like the big the big beads. I've never successfully caught like those gigantic, yeah, like almost like Christmas ornament beads. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they look they're ginormous. Yeah. But I do enjoy me Endymion just because like there's no signature throw. It's just like a hailstorm of of trinkets coming out the, out of the sky. Like it's all it's very much a volume parade. The big yeah, the big one in the area for whatever the kiddos were all grabbing the light up sparkling rings and watches. Yeah. So they weren't like, watches like, though. They were just like wrist like things. Okay, yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. They didn't tell time. Blinks. Right. They were just wrist blinkies. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, um, back to Saints football, right? Yeah, yeah. Well let's well, this will post on Mardi Gras Tuesday, on Fat Tuesday. So enjoy it if you're heading out to parades. But yeah, so we're gonna talk about we we kind of established, you know. The first segment of a lot of these episodes, it was already this anyway. So we're going to just kind of like for season two, we're going to like make it official. Like this is going to be kind of the rundown segment. We're going to call it the rundown. We're going to go through a bunch of new stuff, like stuff that's happened that that isn't worth talking about for an entire podcast episode. And we're going to kind of go through it kind of rapid fire. And then so that's what's going to be here. And we're going to go through that in a minute. The second and third segment of this is I rounded up about two dozen mock drafts from the mock draft universe and i kind of established all the picks that went for the saints and you know some of them are multi-round mock drafts but we're going to go through the first round picks and like the most popular names and positions in that second segment and then the third segment we're going to go through this the second and third round because those those are the only consistent ones like i think i only found one seven round mock draft which is fine because it's all guessing anyway um but yeah so that's going to be it but the first thing we do have to talk about is the thing that happened on Friday that we didn't get through in the last episode. And that is Alvin Kamara has officially been indicted. I think we brought it up in the mailbag session because it happened while we were recording and we didn't really get to it. But yeah, so Alvin Kamara got indicted last week along with the three others, uh, one of them being Bengals cornerback Chris Lammons. And so he will be in court or he's supposed to be in court on March 2nd. So it's going to be a thing. Yeah, that's real quick. I mean, and I just wondered how how long will that next process take for him? Just because I'm wondering after we get a concise ruling of what's going to happen with him when the NFL has finally something to levy a suspension on, you know, is this going to be something carrying the training camp where we still don't know what kind of punishment we're waiting for for Kamara? Because because I think we all come to that that realization that in some way, shape, or form, he's going to miss some time. It's just now how much and how long is it going to take for them to 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 hand that down this season? Because it took forever last year, obviously. There, there was no, no resolution <laughs> yeah. at all. Um, but yeah, so we, we actually talked to a criminal defense attorney and a podcast host himself. He hosts an auction, a fantasy auction draft podcast. Drew Davenport, and here's what he had to say regarding you know potential suspensions and and, and whatnot. People hear the word indictment and they get a little bit um, worked up about it. Yeah, but I would mm-hmm. caution everyone to say I don't think the case changed a lot materially yesterday just because there's an indictment now. That was always where this was headed. Uh, I think there was maybe some hope that this would get worked out prior to the indictment, but that just didn't happen. And they had several negotiations, court dates where the case was unable to be settled. And what I've been saying since the beginning, this is a difficult case to settle from both sides. Uh, he's charged with a, a felony that carries mandatory prison time. 
And on the other hand, the, the state has a witness or excuse me, a victim, a alleged victim here who has a lot of injuries. It's really hard to settle this case. Uh, it was always going to head towards the indictment. Now the case is really underway, but it hasn't materially changed the situation. It's a it's a nasty charge, uh, but it sounds to me like they're gearing up for a fight. And we got something interesting yesterday from what his attorneys said. His attorneys made a statement, and we haven't heard a lot from them about what they're going to do or how they're going to defend him. And we got that little nugget yesterday that they said that they're going to argue self-defense and also defense of another, which is are both you know, uh, probably what we would guess they were going to use, but that's important information that we have now. And, you know, if you've seen the video, I don't know how they're going to argue self-defense, but uh, there's probably a lot of things that we don't know about this case yet. So that's where we are right now. No question. And uh, Drew, I do want to give you credit. So I remember we had you on, I think it was Mike and Bobby had you on uh, last year, and you were the first person to point out, like, this is probably not going to get settled this offseason, and we're probably going to get through the entire 2022 season before any even considered suspension happens because it's going to take this long time to, to play out. So I want to give you credit for that one. We had a local defense attorney on, Craig Mordock, yesterday, and one of the things he talked about was how, you know, the, the potential whatever comes from it is quote-unquote probatable. And I do want to get some... I don't know, explanation. Like, what does that mean when you talk about something being probatable in terms of what the sentence is? It is and it isn't. I mean, the charge itself has mandatory time. That's that's right. not something a judge has discretion over. However, um, I said this yesterday, and I've been saying this all along, I don't believe they'd be taking this hard of a line if they didn't think they had something. Um, and, when I may, and when I say they, I mean uh, Kamara and his defense team. So I think they've got something there. I, my guess is that it's going to end up being a charge that doesn't have any mandatory time if it ends up getting settled. And so I think that's probably what he means. That, that I think that there is a situation where he escapes uh, a lot of legal consequence. Mm-hmm. But I really believe that the legality, yes, it's difficult right now what he's facing, but I think that at some point that will get resolved in a reasonable fashion, but he's really got to worry about the league because the league has in their personal conduct policy that aggravating factors in these type of situations do matter. And there seems to be a lot of aggravating factors, especially if, if it's to believe, uh, be believed what they're alleging in the civil suit, that there's recording of him after the incident. So that all spells trouble when Roger Goodell's uh, looking at this case and deciding what to do. We are expecting some kind of punishment, obviously, to be uh, handed out to Alvin Kamara. And a lot of people have been speculating different amounts of time. Can you pinpoint a at least range where you think that would be amount of games that the NFL would end up handing down to him as a suspension? So it is hard, but I will say this. The six games number that keeps being thrown out yeah. there, there is a basis from the personal conduct policy that people are getting that six games. But I want to caution everyone because that provision in the personal conduct policy says six games for felonious type assault. So if he's not found guilty of a felony assault and he's only found guilty of a misdemeanor, that six games becomes a little bit irrelevant because they don't have to follow that. That's not in the policy. So then they're kind of free to do whatever they want. But I still think, though, that that's a, a starting point because if the NFL looks at this and thinks it's as bad as it, as it appears from the outside, we could still be talking about six and it could go up from there. But I think that it's possible it gets resolved in the four to six uh, game range uh, with eight uh, certainly being within the range as well. But sitting here in February, there's a wide range of outcomes here. But I'm thinking in four to eight is, is where I've landed in recent days. But yeah, and I think it's a it's a good topic to get into on this episode because what happens with Alvin Kamara, 
I don't even know if it's directly going to impact what the Saints do in the draft because either way, knowing what you know and knowing that it's probably going to be an extended suspension, the same reason I thought they were going to do this last year, I think they are going to have to look at running backs. So I think that'll be kind of lead into that discussion well because if you're looking at a running back in the second round, it might be because you think you're going to be without Alvin for an extended period of time. And so you need a guy who would be ready to play this year. Yeah, most definitely. And I think that's a huge must. Obviously, everyone's been focused on quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. But yeah, that running back position, other than Alvin right now, the only one on on the roster is Eno Benjamin. And I know you were kind of sour on the lack of usage for him. Maybe he could get some more touches this coming season, but I don't expect Ingram to be back. And it wasn't. And if it if he is, I don't think it'll be this huge role even of what we've we've used to see him as just like a supplement to Camara. you need much more than that from your number two back right now the only reason I'm annoyed at not using Eno Benjamin is because I think because you didn't use him and you don't really get a picture of what he can do what he could do right you can't say well he's going to be the guy right like you don't know he might be the guy but you can't say that for sure how could you you haven't seen him in an off in the offense for more than like two carries in a game anyway but we, we, um, we saw him against the Saints have a hell of a game yeah, yeah, that, right. It, it makes no sense. It's, it's just dumb. Anyway, uh, we we already, I already ranted about that. But yeah, so the next item on the agenda, Derek Carr was just visiting the Jets over the weekend. I, I'm not going to spend too much time getting into, oh, what does this mean? What does this mean? He's going to do his kind of tour. We're going to establish what teams are in the running, and then you're going to start negotiating. But right now, I think this is more of like a fact-finding thing. I think the Saints are very much in that discussion. And from there, it's going to be, okay, who gets eliminated throughout this process? But So right now, I think you're putting the Saints in there, you're putting the Jets in there, and they're kind of just waiting and seeing. But the good news for the Saints is if they bring in Derek Carr, Ronald Curry will still be around to coach him because he is sticking around in New Orleans. He had interviewed for the Bucks job. They filled that with Dave Canales. And then he had interviewed for the Broncos job, but he will be sticking in New Orleans, according to reports. So that's a good thing. Yeah, like the, there's some continuity, continuity with the coaches. Uh, some of them are not losing. It seems like after the offseason of so many of the guys sticking around, this this year was a, a pretty big exodus of assistance. But back with the Derek Carr thing, I laugh too. Just when anybody visits anywhere, it's like everything went so well. You know, obviously the Jets are now, uh, they feel like they can get into that championship window with David Carr leading the way. There's Derek a picture Carr. of them. There's a picture of them out to dinner. Derek Carr smiling, and people are are reading Ooh, into that. Oh, look, a good time! Look, he's having fun. No kidding. You're getting wined and dined, right? It was like when when Sean Payton was interviewing with the Cardinals, and everyone was like, "Oh, it was an eight hour interview. It must have gone well." I'm like that's just how long head coach interviews are. Oh, we got in the team president's car, and I was like, "Yeah, he was probably giving him a ride home." You're going to make him get in an Uber? Crazy <laughs> like, stuff, right. That's that's why it's like, I don't want to get into it too much because that's really what it is. It's all just rumor and innuendo and it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing until the numbers start getting thrown around. And so that's a good segue into the next item here is restructures, baby. It is restructure season. Cha-ching, yeah. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Cha-ching! The Saints have already restructured two deals. That is Marcus May. They saved about $4.85 million on that restructure. And Eric McCoy, who signed his extension last year. So this is the first kind of big money restructure that they can do with Eric McCoy. And so that's going to save them about $8 million. So having started in the range of $60 million over the cap that you're trying to work down from, they are now down to about $46 million over the cap. But you can see like that's already a big chunk taken out of it, and that's two For restructures. Sure. And it, it goes quickly when you start going down the line. And the question becomes not whether you can get there. We know they can get there, and that's the minimum they have to do is get there it becomes how much space do you need to free up beyond that, right? If you sign a Derek Carr, you will have to go basically balls to the wall and and get as many of them done as you can. If you don't do that, if you try to be a little more judicious with how you spend that quarterback money, then you only have to basically clear it. And then as you sign people, you're going to go. But it, it does become complicated because I think if you want to project confidence to Derek Carr, that you're going to bring him in. You want to prove that you can create the space in advance. And so I think they're going to be motivated to get get this done. Yeah, and I th- I think there's a, still a number of obviously restructures they can do to get down to that number. They you know, it's it's a a game this team we see them play every year and they were in on Deshaun Watson for crying out loud last season and we know the money it took Cleveland to to get him over there. And so I if the Saints want somebody, I'm definitely confident in the fact that there, there's not there's not going to be a money issue that stops them from getting their person. No, and, and I mean, like, it's it really is not difficult to get to that. Like, 46 is nothing when you look at the restructures on the table. And, and keep in mind, like, these are planned restructures. These aren't, like, emergency. Oh, how are we going to get? Like, this was the plan all along. And the only question is how many of them you're going to take advantage of. Like, this was already the idea. Would you like to be able to get through by with not using as many? Yes. But this was the goal, and that's why it's not that difficult to find the numbers, right? So you need to clear 46, right? So Cam Jordan, you can restructure his deal and save up to 10 million, but you're down to 36. Marshawn Lattimore, you can restructure his deal, save another 10 million. Okay, you're down to 26. Ryan Ramchek, you can restructure his deal and save another 10 million. Now you're down to 16. Andres Pete, you can restructure. I don't know if you will because of the injury history. You might want to keep that on the decks just in case you have to do something there. So skip that one. Alvin Kamara is dealing with some legal stuff. I think you're going to keep that one where it is because of how the awkwardness of his situation could develop, right? Jameis Winston, I also don't want to mess around with because I think I'm cutting him anyway, and that'll save you about $4 million, but we're not even looking at that right now. So Taysom Hill, restructure his deal. You save about $6.5 So you are down to $10 million. Demario Davis, you can restructure and save about six million. 
So now you are down to 4 million and then Tyron Matthew can restructure and say 4 million. So not even taking advantage of all of them, right? Like we've skipped over Andres Pete, Alvin Kamara and Jameis Winston who would combine to have about $22 million in restructure potential. And we still got there easily with a lot more room to go on that, on that table. If you do want to bring in a Derek Carr, like you could, for, for instance, you could restructure Jameis's deal and still cut him. But you would obviously accept a lot more dead money in that in that situation, right? So that's that's where you make the decision of is it worth it because it will make things more difficult next year. But then you have your quarterback and you're just trying to make it work again. So that's kind of where it is. And it's always funny this time of year to listen to people lose their minds when they see the number and like how could they possibly navigate this? And it's like you just weren't paying attention last year or the year before that or the year before that or the year before that. Anyway, it's it's uh, it's just a question of who you're doing it with, in my opinion. I'm interested, obviously, to see how this situation goes with Derek Carr because I don't know, you know, what other free agent options the Saints are going to be considering after that come, you know, in the quarterback realm. So, yeah, if if that ends up falling through after his little tour goes around, just to, something to look at, just because the the quarterback number is going to be the biggest that they have to deal with and is the most concerning when you're looking at the salary cap. Yeah, and and the simple thing to do would be to bring in a rookie. But I sure, do think but... this team wants to bring in an established guy. I don't think it, it be, and for for a few reasons. One being I don't think the head coach is on particularly stable footing. Like you could always bring in a rookie under Sean Payton and be like, yeah, if if things don't go well, you at least have an established head coach who you'll be able to kind of ride with. Uh, and I don't know if that's the case with DA. And so that's awkward, right? You don't want to spend a premium asset on a rookie quarterback and then have like, like look at the Cardinals, right? When they drafted Josh Rosen and then Cliff Kingsbury gets hired in the next draft, they're drafting a quarterback and they're trading Josh Rosen for peanuts. No, I think you're right there. Derek, you know, Dennis Allen's, he knows his where he stands right now kind of thing. And, you know, going with that young gun is... I think everyone's wish and desire, but when it comes down to it, what's going to win him football games and keep his job? That's why I, I'm still with you too. I think this, they're looking for a more established veteran guy, not 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 so much you know look a guy like Andy Dalton, but I think that's like your break in case of emergency option right there, and you do bring him back kind of thing, and that's when you you really start to target and maybe move up in the draft. For that signal call, I don't know, but to to me, like that, that's your perfect situation. If you do have, and if you're bringing back a guy like Dalton, obviously you have to get that younger QB, the next QB, that that new model in to try and groom something for the future. Yeah, I mean, I just think one way or another, you're going to try to go after an established guy. I, I don't think it's going to be Andy Dalton. Like, I think it might be Jimmy Garoppolo. It might be Lamar. Maybe you break the bank and try to bring him in. I don't know. I just. I find it very unlikely that this team is going to draft a quarterback expecting him to start Agreed, by the right. end of the season, right? Or oh, next okay. season. I would say your the hope is always by the end of the year, the guy you're taking in round one at least has taken over. I feel like, right? But but it, 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 think about how you would have to get to that scenario, which would be you are playing poorly enough that the best option is to put in a rookie quarterback who you know is based. Like look at the Falcons this year, right? Like. Yeah. They knew the second they went to Desmond Ritter, they were effectively punting 
any, you know, pipe dream chance they thought existed to get to the playoffs because he's going to struggle, right? His first start didn't even throw for 100 yards. I don't know if that means you're bad, but it definitely means you're not going to be good this season. And so, like, if you're doing that and you're Dennis Allen, are you are you risking losing your job because of that? And so, like, that's it becomes really complicated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, either way, it, it's we're going to get more into the quarterbacks in the, in the mock draft, so we can move on from that. The final thing we can talk about, the Saints have struggled with injuries over the last two seasons, three mm. seasons, right? One of the first things that Dennis Allen did in taking over this staff, it was like one of the few changes he made in year one was 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 moving on from Dan Dalrymple, who was like the forever strength and conditioning coach for the Saints. And so wouldn't you know it, Dan Dalrymple is going to be the strength and conditioning coach for the Broncos next season. Good luck. I think he did I, fine. Yeah, I haven't seen any mean tweets from Michael Thomas about Dalrymple, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's mean to everybody else. He fires off these angry tweets and then deletes them. But yeah, you know, but it is funny because I think it was really easy to heap all the blame on Dan Dalrymple and company and the medical staff. But then you got rid of him and you kind of re what even what was the word? Uh, retooled. Yeah, retooled that entire staff, kind of moved pieces around, brought in Matt Ray and blah, blah, blah. And I would argue you had just as bad injury luck this year. Like it wasn't better. I mean, it might've been slightly better, but it only feels that way because you didn't have COVID mixed in that, that kind of made it worse. Like when you're talking about all the starters you went with a big reason for that is because in week 16, I think it was week 16, the dolphins game, you had like 22 new starters almost like, (laughs) so like that's the reason you set the record. And I would argue on an injury from an injury perspective, this year and last year, 2022 and 2021, were about the same. Yeah, I just think about like even some of the injuries that could be deemed uh, mismanaged. Jarvis Landry is one that jumps out, obviously, to me after he suffered that ankle issue and then came back too early and then he lost a bunch more time. And it just it seemed like a wasted season for him of what could have been. Well, he New came Orleans. back immediately. Yeah, right. Like he didn't miss a game. And that's what annoyed me is like throughout training camp, the one thing you could say for this staff is they played it safe with injuries and they didn't they didn't move anyone onto the field too early. And they had this big ramp up thing. They said ramp up over and over and over again. But then you get into the season and this guy has an ankle injury who he, he definitely should not have played through. And he's out there playing in London. Like, come on. I have a strong feeling that if he just had taken the time and recovered from that, he might have been a more productive receiver down the final four or five games of the season, right? Like at a certain point, you have to save a player from themselves. <laughs> and I think that was a very clear instance of that. And it's like, where did that medical staff go that I saw throughout training camp that was like, oh, uh, uh, get off the field. You're, you're, you've got a sore hamstring, you know, like it's it, anyway, it, it was very incongruent with like the idea that they had brought in. And so who knows, maybe, maybe that was a year one thing. Maybe it is a transition that they had to make and maybe next year, with with kind of one year into that whole sports science thing, they can be better. But either way, Dan Dalrymple is going to bring the old school mechanics out to Denver with with Sean, and we'll see how that goes for him. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of old school methods going out to Denver. I'm still curious to see if that other Ryan boy ends up joining Sean out there. Yeah, Rexy, sexy Rexy. It is funny. Exactly like, right. You have all these like super modernized systems. And one thing you could criticize Sean for is he did not adapt with the years, you know, like mm-hmm. he, he always kind of did his own thing and you give him credit for that. But like, you know, you see guys like Nick Sirianni, who I don't really like as a coach, but I do like conceptually, like 
He runs a very college type scheme. He does the RPO thing. Like you will not get let off the hook when you stop someone on fourth and short. Like they're going to go for it every time and they're going to get it like 95% of the time. And it's got to be infuriating to to coach against and to play defense against because you, you're exhausted and you're like, oh, we stopped them on third down. But it's like, that was really like second down because you know they're going to go for it. The second they get past midfield and they get third and five, two plays every time. They're you know going to I mean? try and stop the tush push though now. Well, sure. But like either way, <laughs> like my point is like, that's got to be exhausting for a defense to be like, okay, it's third and five. And you know that if it's four and two, lost, they're still going to go. Right. If they get one or two yards, they're going to go for it on fourth down and they're going to get it a lot of the time. And like, but that's not something Sean would ever do. You know, like he's not going to, he's at this point, he's not going to kind of renovate his thinking around that. And you could go both ways with that. You could say, well, it's tried and true. It's worked. Why would we change it now? Or you could say like people are passing you by. And we'll that's see. true from like a sports science perspective too. Like, I think there are ways you can get healthier without saying, well, it's just injury luck, <laughs> right? I'm very interested to see how this new era of Sean Payton goes in Denver because I, I don't know. I, I have a lot of questions, obviously, from the quarterback to now everything, you know, the, the staff he's even brought in around him to now the assets they have lost in the dealing for him and his quarterback uh it's, it's gonna be interesting i you know sean's gonna also feel that burn of not having a guy like drew Brees anymore either yeah i agree with that but all right let's wrap that segment up we're gonna come back we're gonna go through these mock drafts that mock it up, mock it up. all right this is inside black and gold stick around 